0: Dave conversation crack and the music you
1: love Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. From the cool camp's backpack to Brian Cody's hat, there are a lot of objects synonymous with the world of GAA. Well, our next guest has compiled 100 objects to explain the history of the GAA. It is a book and it's absolutely brilliant. We're fascinated with it here in the studio. Dr Siobhan Doyle is a historian and author and she joins us in studio to chat all about her new book A History of the GAA in 100 Objects. Hello Siobhan.
0: Hi. Dermot, how are you going? I'm
1: very well. Can we talk about Collie Kay's hole? Of course we can. <laughs> <laughs> get straight to the most important part of the whole yeah. book. I love this story. Let's
0: get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, um, Taft's pub on Shop Street uh, in Galway City mm-hmm. um, is home to one of the 100 objects in a history, the GA in 100 objects. And uh, it's a, kind of a different one you wouldn't expect. So when Galway were playing... Um, Kildare in the 1998 All Ireland final um somebody had to get the short straw uh, and stay behind and stay look after in the, pub. the pub right So Coley was was the barman that day and um a goal went in Galway went on to win and uh, Coley jumped up and in doing so he um punched a hole in the ceiling by accident oh. So instead of getting the ceiling repaired they framed it and <laughs> uh, it's, it's still there as a record of that day um and I think um it's important I just it as an important Object because it's not just about being in the stadium. Mm. Um, it's not just about getting a ticket. Um, pubs are really important parts of our sports experience as well. Um, so yeah. So when I went to visit t- um, Tafts Pub in Galway, I went in at twelve o'clock to talk to the manager to collect the story. I was still there at nine o'clock. Oh, that's, I, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a
2: good sign. That's a good sign. It's
0: all part of the research. I, yes. had to, I had to get to know the environment. I may have been playing the tin whistle in the corner, so. <laughs> and you can so,
1: expense the pints. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so tell us then about the. How how the book works because it's not like you went into a museum in the GAA and just photographed a hundred things and wrote a little blurb. Like, you've gone and found the 100 objects that tell the story of the GAA.
0: Yeah, that would have been an easy, a, a really easy Much way easier. of going around to just go to the GAA museum and uh, just put medals and trophies and jerseys. But I wanted to, I suppose, think think outside the box. I Mm. wanted every county to be represented. So I travelled to the 32 counties um, between 2021 and 2022. And um, yeah, just tried to get people to think differently. Um, And, you know, I didn't want to just represent the champions and the all-stars. I wanted all codes um, and all parts of the GA. So I suppose my aim was for... Anyone that has an interest in the GA to be able to see themselves in the book. And
2: does it begin at the beginning? Does it go back to the very start? There's something really, really old.
0: Yeah, so it's laid out chronologically by decade. Um, but the GA was established in 1884, but some of the objects um, are dated before that. So we've hair hurling balls that are 800 years old, oh, wow. um, a wooden mether from medieval times, and, and different drawings and stuff from the 1700s. So yeah, it does predate mm. the GA, but um, right what, up until the present day as well.
1: What's a wooden mether?
0: a wooden meather is, um, will be a familiar kind of shape and size um, to those of us that are familiar with the uh, Liam McCarthy Cup Yeah. Um. so that would have been used um, you know at different feasts and uh, events and it would have been passed around so that everyone that attends um, the event gets to uh, have a drink out of the wooden meather much so, like the
2: Liam McCarthy exactly. Cup <laughs> exactly
0: well, you're not supposed to do that you, no, get you're 12, not. you get a 12 week ban for that
2: <laughs> not supposed to but these things happen <laughs> uh, ok so there is really also, but then as you said, it comes all the way up to kind of modern day stuff as well. So, was there anything you found that you were surprised that somebody had? I mean, like, obviously, Co- Coley's Hole is, is probably one of those things <laughs> that sticks out, but was there anything else that you kind of thought, like, God, I didn't expect that to be part of my book?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, there's a few instances of those, like, um, there's like a manhole cover, oh. um, that uh, commemorates uh, Dublin footballs five in a row um, so there's about 15 of those around like the George's Dock area and you know you don't think like when you see a book of this title you don't think there's going to be something as mundane <laughs> as a manhole cover it's right. going to be in it but um, I suppose just represents the different way the different ways of celebrating um, the GA and uh, the various different achievements um, There are statues um, there's jerseys there's kicking tees dresses mm.
2: Brian Cody's hat
0: yes exactly it's a cap
2: a cap, yes. sorry, I should correct myself, Yeah, of he
0: wears a hat during the winter, so he switches over to a beanie hat, so you know winter is coming when, when <laughs> Cody switches over to the beanie. But um, that, to me, was uh, one of the objects that was top of my list when I was uh, when I set out to write the book, because, to me, it's it's iconic. Um, you know, you'd rarely see Cody without the cap, yeah. um, and I would argue the more annoyed he is with the match, or the more Kilkenny are losing, he, he uh, adjusts a bit more. <laughs> um, so, you know, we won't see him on the sidelines for Kilkenny anymore, but um, he's still there with his club James Stevens so um, mm. yeah there's definitely some kind of psychology around it as well
1: Staying with headgear I've, I I love the story of the first GAA helmet and I wasn't aware that it was worn in, all the way back in 1966
0: Yeah so that was worn by a man called Michal Murphy he hurled for UCC in Cork in the 60s and he suffered a head injury himself so he decided right i got to do something about it but there was no such thing as helmets so mm. um, he got a motorcycle helmet which is padded on the inside and has a chin strap at the bottom and uh, he uh, went on as a substitute during um, a Cork County final um, wearing the Helmet, and you can imagine the, the whisperings that were going yeah. on. Who's this fella coming in? But I suppose that was kind of the advent of, um, of GA helmets because a few years later, um, when Kilkenny were playing tip in the All Ireland final, one of the Kilkenny players um, lost an eye. Mm. Um, so I suppose that, you know, even though we didn't actually have compulsory helmets until 2010, um, we have kind of murmurings of headgear starting in the 60s. Right, so.
2: okay. Uh, let's have a listen to this because one of the things is actually a cassette tape from 1996. A lot of you will know this song by the wild swans. Oh, when we look at young O'Garland,
1: and through the midfield he was sorry, and then the cute extent erupted. When he scored from sixty eyes, we were dancing at the crossroads, In the shadow of a bonfire, underneath the silver moon rays.
2: We were singing until dawn. So the cassette is called The Hurling Songs
0: How would you play it in full? No I wouldn't play the whole lot But that's
2: Dancing at the Crossroads Yes So what's the history of that?
0: Now First of all Have you ever heard Dancing at the Crossroads Played at a Wexford wedding? No Absolute chaos
2: really? it's
0: like playing maniac 2000 or put them under pressure <laughs> there's nowhere else to go you right. might as well just call it a day um, but that was the soundtrack to my own county um wexford's hurling win in 1996 mm-hmm. um so dancing at the crossroads went to number one after wexford won the b-side was you know a more um toned down ballad called purple and gold um but yeah it went to number one for two weeks it knocked the spice girls wannabe off number one wow and um, which was a huge achievement because at the time it was on cassette it eventually came out on CD but I say there was about five copies in every Wexford household okay that's good to hear
2: that's good to hear and then modern day stuff the Cool Camp's GAA bag which in fairness my kids have gotten every single year they've done the Cool Camp like it is an iconic part of GAA history now to any parent
0: yeah, and and you know it's an everyday object, um, and I wanted that to come forward in the book as well. That you know people can see the book and go, oh, we have one of those at home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool camps are a really important part of the GA. Like. Since I think 2006, over one million children have um, went to Cool Camps, um, and I suppose the thing about the Cool Camps backpacks as well is that they don't really go on general sale, so you're kind of part of an elite club yes. if you have the if you have the gear. But actually, I was at um, a hurling match in Salt Hill during the the league, and uh, some of the Wexford players were carrying Cool Camps backpacks. So the players themselves, yeah, oh, that's <laughs> and the subs, yeah. So there must have been some left over. Yeah. Uh,
1: and <laughs> yeah. listen, I know you're a historian. Why the GAA and is that just part of, of, of you know a bigger area you're interested in
0: yeah i suppose uh come from a ga household and uh was always part of our um weekends wouldn't have been the best um ga player in my time but um loved um going to matches um with my family every weekend and um, i worked in the ga museum for a few years as well mm. and um yeah i suppose it, it was just such an enjoyable subject and um, for me to look at so
2: yeah. yeah, why not write
1: about what you love and do you think yeah. the GAA is unique in terms you know if you compared it to you know so, uh, football as in soccer folklore you know across the Irish Sea there is. do you think GAA is, is different
0: um I don't. I don't really like comparing it to other sports because each has their own merits and um, their achievements within particular communities. And of course, like the GA will attract, um, you know, a certain type of community or a certain type of person. So um, I don't think it's really fair to compare it. But um, even just beyond sport, um, mm. there's lots of other community organisations like, um, uh, you know, athletics or, um, you know, like music groups and um, that kind of thing. So there's. I think the GA does get uh, a lot of applause for that but um, they're not the only ones that are a volunteer based and community based organisation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, well it's a beautiful way you put it together. Siobhan Doyle is the author, Dr Siobhan Doyle A History of the GAA in 100 Objects. I wonder have you any famous bits of GAA lore lying around your house that you feel should have been included in this? Oh, this have you nice. got an under 12's medal? I somewhere in the I have an
2: under 10's medal that uh, <laughs> the Dublin goalkeeper John forgot his name now, but I met him back in under 10s. He gave me my medal. Can't think what his second name is now. Please, John. Me. I'll put John. that in volume put two. Put that in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The single object that's not important. <laughs> Let's give you 20 more seconds of Dancing at the Crossroads. Dr. Siobhan, thanks for coming in. It's Dermot and Hello, Hello, the, and the he was stolen. And then
1: the erupted. We were dancing at the crossroads. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today is...